Hi, everybody. Welcome back to My Livelihood, the podcast, of course. And we're very excited today. This is episode seven already. And we have the lovely Emma McCarthy here with us from Table Culture. We're going to show you a little bit about that. And of course, my husband and partner in crime, Ed K. Smith, as well. Guilty as charged. (laughs) <laughs> Hi, Lois and Ed. How are you? Really great. Good. Thank you, Emma. And we didn't Thank collude you. at all, but when we got our cups of tea, we do have Denby mugs. So. Oh. <laughs> so cheers to you. Yeah, yeah. We've, we've had these for 22 years or something, these particular ones. So. Yeah, so Denby, is that, yeah, they just never give up on you. <laughs> They're great. Which isn't quite They're really, good. is it? It's because we need to be coming in and buying some more good. soon. But good yeah. Quality. Oh, they wouldn't very few um, places still producing in England, which is quite yeah, um, pretty amazing. Yeah, they're, amazing. They're, they're very cool. So that's a, that's a segue as to what we're talking about, isn't it? Lois? Yes, it is a very nice segue. And I was actually going to say co-owner Emma, because obviously you own yeah. um, Table Culture with your partner Patty, and right. um, and you have some staff as well. So it's a, it's a pretty big big uh, retail um, yeah. store on Rockaby Road. And of course, for those who are listening from further away and don't know where Rockaby Road is or don't even know where Subiaco is, it's a beautiful part of the world in Western Australia in Perth. It is. Three train stops from the CBD and a beautiful shopping strip. And we'll get into a little bit about retail and and those sorts of things. I'm sure that will come up. But I wanted to say, Emma's the co-owner of Table Culture, which is, Emma will tell you more about what's in the store, but also... I think a curator comes to mind when I think of Emma because, yeah, just the way the store is laid out, the way the um, website is laid out, all the different things you have in there, Emma, and the way that you have just such a great eye. I think from my career nerd side of things today, that's what I kind of wanted to talk about as well. And I'm sure Ed will have some digital marketing things to throw in there too. But yeah. also, of course, it's your livelihood. So we'd love to hear from you. How did someone like yourself, um, marketing and management degree, end yeah. up <laughs> doing what you're doing? Well, good question. I actually, I don't actually know. Um, I'm just a girl from the country who came away to Perth um, boarding school for school um, and yeah I never really had I guess dreams of owning my own store or um, getting into to retail essentially I think it was just it's something that I kind of fell into and have um, really loved ever since so um, we're coming up to 16 years with table culture now wow that's fantastic yeah so Learned a lot along the way, um, and I guess I guess my degree has come in to help me in, in certain respects. But um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. The management, and you have some. How many staff have you had? We range from at the moment we've four. Yeah, wow. So you've yeah. done that, and also that. Yeah, the marketing is spectacular. So everyone's got to. We'll do some show notes. But everyone's got to jump on tableculture.com.au and have a look, and go to Instagram yeah, and all the other places, Facebook, and check it all out. And I even t- I tagged you on LinkedIn. I was very impressed to see you had a LinkedIn um, page as well, Emma. So yeah, well, I'm working on that. that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's great. But you know, like businesses need what you have to offer as well. So that's that's awesome. I was curious when you said you didn't necessarily aspire to having a shop because I remember. Um, when I was a little kid, having all my dollies in a row when I went to stay at my grand's yeah. um, in Scotland in Anstruther and, you know, and teaching them. I don't think I was quite doing career counselling, but I was definitely teaching them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you, played, you must have played shops, surely. Um, 
Probably not. No, I was always out with my horses and I was yeah. always outside on the farm. Um, and really it's a huge leap to think from where I grew up to kind of what I'm doing. Yeah, but in a way, I think that country um, yeah. way of life of, you know, celebrating yeah. with people, food, you know, like yeah. having your homestead, if you like, in your home. Yeah, I mean, it really was, a, I guess, a really blessed childhood, if you will. Um, and yeah, it kind of it's taught me a lot about life and given yes. me a lot of life, good life skills. But you know, um, a little girl from the country who ends up, you know, doing what I do—it's quite strange to know where that came from. But <laughs> as the old saying goes, you can take the girl from the country, but you can't take the country from the girl. No, you can't. And and I think thing, um, it definitely keeps me grounded. Um, I yeah. think that's a, it's a pretty common thing. I mean, a lot of people are used to or have experienced in any part of the world going to a small country town and the individual stores are what people deal with. They didn't have big department stores to deal no, with. No, so. that's right. Yeah, so your, your setup and, and how Subiaco and Rockaby Road is, it's probably closer to a small country town than it is to a big city. We don't, well, we've got a couple of decent sized stores in yeah, but, but the Rockaby Road shopping strip has really, it's been here for, you know, hundreds of years. And um, it's particularly a place where people get all their local produce from and yeah. you know, stores like yourself. But it has had challenges and that's something we can talk about of the, you know, pre-COVID as well. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's just yeah. in terms of the economy and how you've dealt with that. And, and it does come down to putting my marketing cap on is yeah. whether you have a physical store or you have an e-commerce store. And in your case, you have both, which yeah. is smart. Uh, it all comes down to traffic and getting yeah. people visiting that store. So um, when, when you set table culture up 15, 16 years ago, um, how, how busy was it when you first opened compared to what you're seeing now? Was there a lot more foot traffic back then? Foot traffic. Oh, yeah. So I guess um, when we first started out, Rockaby Road was the premium shopping strip. It was kind of like a fashion hub, essentially. Um, and, you know, a lot of the outer suburbs weren't really activated yet. So it, it mm -hmm. was one of the premier shopping strips. So foot traffic was huge. Um, and yeah. obviously online hadn't impacted or... Uh, kind of come into the equation too much at that stage here in Australia. So, yeah, it really was very much bricks and mortar, um, yep. and you, that's that was your business model. Um, okay. Over the years, uh, it was probably the past, I guess you could say, ten years. Um, there's definitely been a lot of challenges in Subiaco. Um, lots of different factors, um, including competing suburbs kind of activating. Um, mm -hmm the GFC, all those things really kind of came to a head for Subiaco and meant that, you know, the foot traffic really did drop off a lot. Um, so we were faced with that challenge. Um, okay. That's in and around the same time we kind of started our online store up as well. Okay. So that when did you start the online portion? Gosh, probably 11, 12 years ago. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And that's from what I've seen, you, you set up with Shopify. So we can go into a bit more of that. Um, yeah, our yeah. latest one is Shopify. We've actually 
in that time had three three versions basically. Right. Three websites. Okay. Okay. Cool. We'll, we'll dig into that a bit later. Yeah. But uh, Lo, more more over to you with what you're talking about. Yeah. Well, absolutely. I mean, I think Emma, as I said earlier about that curation, I'm curious about. Um, how you decide, even though it's a pretty big store when you walk yeah. in, it's quite expansive. There's, there's no problem with physical distancing in there, yeah, um, no. you know, but you've got a lot of space, but you need to do stuff with it, don't you? So, I mean, you, can, you need to decide what you're going to stock and what you're not going to stock. Yeah, absolutely. Do you have many arguments over that? <laughs> Sorry, I need to tell my 11-year-old off. No. Out. <laughs> He's making funny faces at me and... Making, noises in the background. Making you laugh. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, when it comes to curation, a lot of it initially just comes down to, um, I guess, we look for, for gaps and listen to what our customers want. Um, that's kind of really a trigger. We look at seasonal stuff. Um, but ultimately, when I choose something, it, I, I have to love it. Um, mm. Yes. For us, it also has to tick some boxes. So, um, you know, it has to be quality, uh, it has to be functional, yep. but it also yep. has to look good. So, um, that's kind of like our mantra around choosing products. And probably 99% of products in store fall into that category. Um, yeah, yeah. And they are, they're very brand uh, oriented in terms of a lot of the ones I've looked at and we were talking yeah, about the mugs before. They're brands that people may or may not know of, but they're not just cheap Chinese knockoff stuff. Stuff no. you see in a lot of shops now. Unfortunately, it's it's more based on price than it is quality. Yeah. and uh, we've always kind of focused in on that niche of um, well, basically creating a niche for ourselves. We don't we don't yeah. necessarily look at any other stores and want to compete with them. We're we're trying to just stay in our own lane and focus on what we do best and what we believe in. So table culture essentially for us is um, focused on the quality, the function, the look and the best in categories. So we might not have, you know, 15 different cookware ranges to choose from. We've just picked um, through our experience of actually testing all these products. Mm -hmm. We might just pick one or two brands that, that we sit behind and back. Um, yeah. So really best in category. Um, and what's happened over the years is people start to come to trust that because um, you don't steer them wrong, basically. So they come yeah. in trusting that you've, you've selected something good. Yeah, fantastic. And it certainly shows that. I love one, things I, one of the things I love about table culture is you can actually go in there and shop for guys in there. There's yeah. so many cool things. You've even got like stereos. Yeah. I think maybe... Um, even though I'm picking a lot of that stuff, I think having Paddy there has, has a little bit of an influence on it because he'll say, oh, yeah, that's really cool. Or, yeah, yep. definitely. So we do bounce off a lot off each other a lot. Yeah, know? that's great. And, I mean, you've got a few little high-tech things there as well, but I, one of the things I love is those little clocks that are a block. Yeah. Um, because we're all being told, don't have your iPhones next to your head yeah. and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, they're really popular and but they're so yeah. clever. I yeah, think beautiful. I mean, traditionally, we were always tabletop focused, so we were really focused in on that. Um, over the last kind of three or four years, we've we've shifted slightly because giftware 
seems to be yes and we were finding you know two out of four sales were giftware that's Um, interesting and also mm. during that time i know rockaby road had a bit of a contraction in the giftware line as well absolutely that that was really good you did that yeah and also losing focus we were able to just you know add in a couple of those categories and and tech being one of them i mean tech is huge um especially the guys kind of area as well that was really Mm. important um, but we're they're taking trying. over, aren't they, Emma? They're taking they're over really? your store. They're taking over your store. The guys oh. stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think yeah, I definitely think um, there's room to kind of expand that focus a little bit. Yeah. But, yeah. Now you got the dog in there. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any good dog bowls that you sell? At the moment, no. <laughs> it's funny you say that because we were talking about it today. Um, we, we usually do a couple. Because um, yeah, the pet market is enormous as well. Yeah. But, yeah, I was going to ask you actually about um, with, with COVID, did you notice it? I mean, I know you had a whole raft of changes, so I'm happy to hear about those as well. We'd love to hear yeah. what you did because I know you were one of the very innovative retailers to really get on the front foot. I remember seeing videos from you and, yeah. you know, um, yeah, all the things you were doing. But I was also curious about the pots and the fact that people started to want to create a nicer home environment. Yeah. That was because they were suddenly home a lot. So yeah. can you walk us through what, other than going, oh my goodness, expletives, um, what yeah. the hell yeah. is going on? Because um, it wasn't a great um, retail environment prior to that, was it? No. Well, it wasn't. And I think that's probably been the challenge and will be the challenge for a lot of retailers moving forward. Mm-hmm. Was that, you know, we weren't in the greatest position going into it. So Sure. Um, it's not like there was, you know, this big bank account of, uh, yeah, ready to back you up and tide you over. So when all this went down, we were, we were, you know, okay, what, what is this? What does this mean? We tried to kind of extrapolate the, the possible effects and outcomes of it all and, like, yep. worst scenarios. So if we have to close down completely, and like, all those scenarios we had to yeah. work we actually, I said to Patty, I think um, we need to do this with our staff because our staff are probably, well, they're probably panicking as well. They don't know what any of this means. It was kind of really at that stage where we didn't know how bad it was going to get. So That's great leadership though, you know, rather than... Yeah, well, we just, we all sat down and we said, all right, so this is what we're thinking, but what do you think? Um, right. What are your feelings on it? Um, we, we can't guarantee anything moving forward, but, you know, we're going to do our best to do this and to do that. Um, and then we also really brainstormed, you know, how to make our customers feel safe and comfortable. Um, and, you know, I kept saying to everybody that if we can remain open, we will become a sanctuary for people, essentially. Um, not everyone's going to be able to open so we need to make sure that it's a space of you know something really peaceful and uh, just a really nice environment to come into because which it is for sure and that's that's the thing is it's not uh, unfortunately i think a lot of stores that i've been into uh that are similar to yours they spend too much time cram packing them with things so you can't move, there's no space and you don't really get to see what there is. I think in a lot of cases, and tell me if you agree, less is more. 
Oh, um, without a doubt. I think yeah. ours is a real, it's a very conscious decision to keep it really yeah. spacious and airy because not only do we have a lot of, you know, mums coming in prams, but we've also got you know, people with wheelchairs, but it's also a china shop. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> the old saying. No balls allowed, yeah. No. yeah. But <laughs> a, ball, a ball would be all right in yours. The other day, he's, um, he's one of the local celebrities, or she, I should say, Luna, from across the road at the barbershop, and she comes in often for a treat. We've got some treats <laughs> in the drawer, and um, customers came in and went, oh, you've got a bulldog in a china shop. And just, <laughs> <laughs> That's good. <laughs> but anyway. That could have made, made a post. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just haven't quite caught round to it. I'm taking it away for later. But, um, on, on the to-do list. When, but, that... but, yeah, I guess because it's full of breakables, we like to make it uh, people feel comfortable when they come in so they're not going to swing around and hit their bag again. How, how many times has that happened in the 16 oh, years? We break more than customers do. Um, okay. <laughs> I'm probably the clumsiest. Do you have Greek in you, do you? Like smashing plates and bowls and things? <laughs> no. I just, um, yeah, well, very little, to be honest. Like you might get oh, that's, three yeah. or four times a year. Oh, that's that's nothing. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty that's pretty yeah. low. As long as it's the cheaper stuff that gets broken too. <laughs> probably never <laughs> is, yeah. It's a horror when someone breaks something, though. It's like, oh, my gosh. So um, during this whole time period of restrictions etc yeah. how much and how important has your online side of things been for you compared to your uh, yeah. physical retail has it has it made a difference have you found that it's been a crucial Absolutely. part or not yeah okay so it's actually been quite interesting when i look back on kind of how it all unfolded so um the, the initially um <laughs> When we sat down with everything, we thought, okay, what can we do? We can, we can be here in store. We can do like FaceTime if people aren't comfortable coming in. We've got online. And then we also set up same day free Perth delivery. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just figured, you know, we're going to be, we're going to have a lot more time on our hands. Um, and not only that, they will start to come, you know, be backlogs with, post and online orders. So yes. felt that was kind of an area that we could capitalise on by saying, okay, well, you can ring us or order it and we'll get it to you same day. Um, so that that worked really well. So um, we we actually went really traditional and did a letterbox drop around Subi, just um, telling everyone what we were doing um, and that we were offering that kind of free delivery service. And probably for two Two weeks within Perth, we were, you know, putting out heaps of orders a day and delivering them. And then people started kind of relaxing a little bit as it all started to kind of unfold and it wasn't as dire as we thought it was going to be. So we started getting customers back into store. Um, And the online locally dropped off. But what was interesting... Ed, and I, like you might find this quite strange, but um, our eastern states orders started flooding in. Uh huh. Well, that that's probably because um, you you changed uh, to Shopify recently, hadn't you? When, oh, when about up to two years ago. Oh, two years ago. Okay, so yeah. it probably wasn't that. But obviously, something's picked up in terms of the the search volume. So people have been 
Yeah, so, it was just really fascinating that the, the local orders yeah. just could write off when they knew they could come into store. And traditionally, we sell most of our stuff online to eastern states anyway, not not WA. Yeah, um, yeah, that's it is interesting that that uh, is has been typically the case. Is yeah, and I think um, that tells me I probably need to do some, you know, change up my marketing locally, but. Mm-hmm. Um, the, like the eastern states too, I think what was happening was, and this I guess was a bit of a downside during all this for online, was the, the backlog. So, you know, you were waiting. I mean, I even ordered stuff online for certain shops and I still hadn't got them five weeks later. So like, what's oh, going on? Of course, yes. And yeah. people were yeah. frustrated with that. Yeah, um, but that's, you know, look, there's not much you can do about that. And no. the thing is, everyone's being told by Australia yeah. Post, by Amazon, that there's going to be delays. Any website you go on, yeah. it says that there's going to be delays. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, unfortunately, if people still get all crabby about it, then yeah. that's just their problem because, yeah. you know. Yeah, you yeah, I agree. You, you can't really do anything to. It's not like that. they can speed it up. And I think, um, like I heard. No. A statistic about David Jones, just like a bit of an insider. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> so insider chat. knowledge. We like yeah, insider. Yeah. David Jones' um, online store traffic went, uh, not traffic, like sales went up 80%. Wow. Wow. So yeah. if you look at that in context to what was going on, you know, they're having to upscale their, their workforce in terms of, you know, dispatch and all of that and train and all that, so it would have, you know, of course there was going to be delays even from the packing end of things, so. Yeah, uh, I think it certainly has been the differentiator for a lot of businesses in terms of keeping the doors open. Yeah. Uh, because that was the option that people had is they, they couldn't go into a store or they didn't want to go in the store, yeah. so they had to go online. And a lot of companies have been scrambling trying to get that stuff sorted. They yeah, have. They should have been doing it years ago. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think, I, I think you know, to pull a website off in such a short amount of time is hugely challenging. I mean, you know how long it takes. Yeah, and particularly uh, when it's e-commerce, when you've got all these products. I mean, yep. depending on the, the, the products that you're selling, a lot of the images are provided by the suppliers to you. So yeah, you don't have to go and take the look. photos. But you still got a catalog. You still got to put it all in. You still got to yep. set it all up in the in in, in the, the shopping cart system, and it's a big job when you've got hundreds of SKUs. So yeah, it's uh, huge. Even after doing three, like every time I, well, they're basically three re, reinventions of each other. But I forget every time. Okay, there's hundreds of hours of work just in terms of data. Hundreds, hundreds of hours. Exactly. How many SKUs do you have? Shopping and. And, and even on a, you know, a weekly basis, we run our online store like it's a second store. So um, yeah, we haven't you, you, got the volume up yet to actually, you know, staff it yeah. as a second store yet. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, that, there's definitely opportunities there for us. Um, and this is kind of, I guess it's kind of shown us a few areas of opportunity now so um, huge possibilities it's a it's a big big area how many lines or SKUs do you have of products is it hundreds or thousands or thousands yeah sorry my dog's barking um it's thousands yeah um yeah okay so that's a that's a big job to keep on top of and 
Yeah. Um, like I'm sure I was on your site today and we're talking about the mugs. I'm sure I was looking at a blue Denby mug that you had. Um, and then I looked at it this afternoon and it wasn't available. It was there and it was available this morning, but <laughs> someone went and ordered it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we, I mean, we're about to, and I guess this is something else that's come out of it, and we know we've had to do it. The, you know, the retail industry as a whole um, is fundamentally changing. Patch, come here. Come here. Sorry. Can, can, can everybody see Pat? Yeah. Come and see who's barking. Oh, look, everybody. Now, if you're on, if you're on audio, audio, you can't see this beautiful, beautiful doggy. So if you like, if you like, uh, if you like dogs, you'll have to get on the video version and see him. I know. He's lovely. He's he's showing he's showing off. His eyes. His eyes. He's got his eyes. He's got his he's got his eyes back going. What's going on? Um, what were we talking about? I've lost my train of thought. The too. I, got, I got distracted by the dog. <laughs> I'm easily distracted by dogs being being a dog being a dog lover. So, um. well, I, I think you were talking about you know, being in retail, Emma, as well. And and the thought that came to my mind was, if you had known what you know now, would you have gone into retail? Would you just question. still love it? I still love it. I yeah. still love it. And I think um, that's what I was about to say. Like it has yep. changed fundamentally. Um, and really rapidly, and I think, you know, the traditional methods of retailing are, are no longer relevant. Um, yes. And I think we, we're still hanging on to it a little bit here in, in Australia, definitely, because yeah. there is the market for, like, the small gift store, um, you know, that's not too technical and it, mm. you know, not everybody has to be at the top of their game, I guess is what I'm trying to say. But... For us, um, that traditional model is no longer relevant. Like we need to, to move into the future. So it's hybrid. Yeah, yeah it's de it's definitely hybrid. And without yeah. sharing uh, numbers, what percentage do you think would be in person sales, in store sales, compared to um, your e commerce? For us, it's still predominantly in store. So mm -hmm. um, you know, I would, I'd say we're about ten percent. Ten percent online. Okay. Well, that's exciting. That's. I mean, I see opportunity there. I think that's. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's that's the thing. I think. Um, I guess I'm guilty of. I need a lot of help in that area, um, just to kind of scale that up because obviously there's huge opportunity there. Um, but yeah. Yeah, that's that's great. We're about to. Um, install a whole new point of sale system that's kind of directly linked to to shopify and just make everything even more seamless so it yeah. just things a lot more efficient from a back end but also a front end for a customer um, yeah it, it automates automates yeah. the stock control and does all that sort of stuff so which is a, you know you call us crazy for making that investment not at all. No, I'd call you exceptionally smart because if you can streamline and systematize things, yeah. uh, that gives you more time to work on the actual marketing. And then you do more marketing, get more sales, and the system yeah. can then handle the sales. Whereas if you Absolutely. did it the other way around, if you just went, let's go marketing crazy, get lots of business in, but then your back end systems can't handle it, then regardless of how good the postage system is normally, 
your system won't be able to handle the, the shipping and then you'll get annoyed customers when things go back to normal. So exactly right. Definitely... And we're, we're at that little bit at that tipping point now, um, you know, like preparing online orders if you're not properly set up. It's really time consuming. So we've kind yeah. of got to that point now where we're like, okay, we can't be doing this and be running, you know, the front of house. We need probably a better system at the back to make it more efficient yeah. before we scale up, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Um, yeah, yeah. Yep. And Emily, oh. you have a very good eye as well. So I'm, you know, I was talking about even just the way you set up the store is just beautiful. So it is very much a curation. I was curious yeah. also about your, um, the way you approach your uh, photographing the products for, Instagram, Facebook, etc. I know your um, your display, your window displays. It's always like if I'm just scooting up the road to the post <laughs> office, I'm oh look, you know, there's always something beautiful going on there. So I know that's something you you love that you you know you told me about before. But um, yeah, tell us a bit about that, and also how difficult is that to maybe relinquish some of that if you need to it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> good question. So that is definitely the, the bit that I love most is the mm. creative aspect. Um, if I could do just that, I would be a very fulfilled individual. <laughs> um, like I love photography and I love interiors and I, yeah. you know, the visual merchandising and the curation side of it. I love all that. Um, as a small business owner, though, you don't get to do just that. You often have to be, yep. you know, it's a bit of a cliche, but you do wear 10 different hats in a day. Definitely. Um, and, yeah, so um, for me, I mean, a lot of our images come from the companies themselves. Yeah. But mm -hmm. then we also intermix it with some of our own style shots as well. Um yeah, yeah, it's important that the actual picture does a lot of the work for you. If you have a poor image of a product, then you're not going to be able to sell it. Absolutely. Yeah. And a lot of the companies we work with, are, you know, they're at the top of their game and they spend a lot of money on those yeah. images for us to use. So nice. um, it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. You're also painting a picture for people. It's like this is how it could look, and yeah. Oh, and then I need this and this and this with it. <laughs> so, exactly. Yeah. By design. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I mean, it sounds like you probably wouldn't get the same degree of enjoyment with having this business if it was only online. It sounds like a fair portion of what you get joy from is the physical retail store. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's and that space. So you say. Just because e-commerce is a great thing and it's oh. successful, it doesn't mean that you should necessarily just do that. No. And, and there's a no, lot of people that are in that same position. They do have a physical store. Uh, but I think if they can get the e-commerce working while they keep the physical store, yeah. then they can do both like you're demonstrating now. Yeah. Look, I'm give one up. a massive advocate for bricks and mortar. I... I love it. I love um, dealing with people and definitely throughout all this pandemic situation, the, what's really come home to roost is that communities need local businesses. Completely. Um, yeah. It's just kind of like a beating heart um, and we, we've, we've worked hard at building our relationships over the years. We've always been about relationships over sales or like the quick sale, essentially. We've kind of been in it for the long haul. Mm -hmm. um, 
you know, maybe not the business model for a lot of people, but for Patty and I, that's definitely where we've been comfortable with yep. um, and being very involved in the business. Um, but bricks and mortar, I think there'll always be a space for smart bricks and mortar operators because people still need experiences, they need touch, they need they need all the, you know all the senses kind of satisfied and and as great as online is we're not there yet you can't smell things you can't yeah no you can't that's it exactly um, even though it's developing really quickly i don't i just think there's always going to be a place for bricks and mortar and um if you're smart i think you can do both definitely and yeah. I, I think if you yeah if it's not um a hardship on a business to do it, then why wouldn't you? Because yeah. if you're already if you've already got a place where you're carrying the stock, and that's where it could become the issue. Now, I mean, anytime I see warehouse shots of of places yeah. like Amazon, and you see, I mean, you know, oh, how no, many man. warehouses they've got across the world that are just so ridiculously it's huge. So you think, well, you know, if you it causes other challenges. Like if you if you all of, a, all of a sudden take your online from 10% to 50% and grow it, yeah. then, you know, do you have the capacity in storage space to deal with the products? Yeah. No, is the answer. <laughs> so so <laughs> your showroom may become the warehouse. Yeah. Um, but, we, but have, we have decent space at the back for sure. We're quite lucky there. But, um, yeah, you, you're right. Like, um, and You've got a plan for it. Yeah. Yeah, it's a pretty big footprint you've got there, Emma. It's pretty it's decent. A, it's a big footprint, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, sorry, go ahead. No, that's all right. You we've go. often been tempted to go um, for a second store. Mm. People will often say, you know, is this your only store or are you in Sydney or Melbourne? And, um, wow. I think for us, well, Perth for starters, there's just no space for it. I, I truly believe that it's, it's so saturated with retail. Um, and mm -hmm. we've, we've very much become a destination shop for people. Mm. So they'll travel to Subiaco just to shop with us. Yep. Um, so it kind of, in a way, it doesn't make sense to, to add a second store. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you'll can, cannibalise from what you've got in, yeah. in Subi. Potentially. Potentially, yeah. We haven't tested that. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, um, Emma, I wanted to ask you about, you know, you're very much an advocate, obviously, for your own business, which is fantastic. Yeah. But I see you quite involved in um, being an advocate for Subi businesses generally. Could you tell yeah. us a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I guess for me, community, and maybe this is the country coming out of me, but for me, community is um, everything. And I think... You know, in the modern age, we've kind of forgotten a little bit about our civic duty. Um, Completely. But, yep. you know, when you, you grow up in the country, everyone chips in. If someone needs something, everyone chips in and rallies around them. And yes. um, country towns and uh, are still very much like that. But I think in the city, where we've all got so busy being busy that we forget that we actually do have to give something back to our communities. Um, um, and it's kind of just something that we should be doing, whether it's checking in on an elderly neighbour or, you know, um, there's a million different things you can be doing. Um, Completely, yeah. So for me, 
kind of when Subi was going through the worst of it um, and, and there was, a, you know, a lot of opportunities being missed um, in terms of what we could be doing around marketing and all sorts of stuff. Um, instead of getting angry, I decided to just do something about it um, and stop or not stop, just not blame anyone else, just get on with it and try and um, create some change myself. So myself and some like-minded people um, got together and, and started. Patch, yep. come here. Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, try and get some things started for Subi and just bring a bit of vibrancy back and try and rebuild the community a little bit because everyone was so jaded at that stage. Yes. Um, yeah. A little bit bitter, I guess you could say, um, and a little bit disillusioned. So, yeah. And this, this is going back before COVID, correct? This is Yeah, absolutely. So mm. we're talking yeah. like the last 10 years. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. started four or five years ago. Mm -hmm. um, and it really was just a way to help ourselves rather than waiting on someone else to help of us. Of course. Yeah, you can't, you can't rely on local government. That being said, my personal opinion, I think Mayor Penny Taylor has been doing a, a, a great job since she's she has, I guess, she's just such a, a great advocate for us and at a yep. time when, you know, we, we didn't have anyone standing up and saying, you know what, Subiaco is a great place. Yeah, she is a very good voice. and She's she, a great advocate for Subiaco. Yeah, and turns up to lots of different events. You see her everywhere. Yeah, she she's there supporting up. and, yeah, it's very good. She so be watching. <laughs> she does understand business because she's owned one and I think, yeah, um, definitely the business community, you know, was really feeling really disillusioned with, with local government. Um, but at the same time, local government or government in general can't do everything for us. We have we have to stand up and completely yep. um, do some stuff for ourselves. Otherwise, you know, you could be waiting forever. Yeah, um, so true. So that's, I guess that's the crux of Subi Action. We put on some really fun stuff. We kind of really um, created some good relationships with local government to kind of help us get some things going. Um, mm -hmm. And then other sponsors such as Lottery West and things like that. Um, it's just been fun. And I've met so many amazing people out of it that I probably would never have. Yeah, yep interacted with just purely because our paths weren't crossing so um for that for me that's been amazing and it's just been a really good support base to be honest um, yeah, at a time when you know we just didn't know where to turn or what to do next because we were doing everything right um and it was you know it was still awful so yeah and that for those who are based in Subiaco it's called Subi Action correct that's the name yeah that's yeah. right yeah and, and can people get involved in some way how yeah, does someone with a local business anyone who's listening who's yeah, it's, business, it's it's um everybody anyone who's got time who wants to volunteer um or has an idea that they think the community would benefit from that's mm -hmm. what it's about it's not about business necessarily okay um, yeah so Volunteers yeah. welcome. Fantastic. Man. Well, it certainly created a lot of um, fun in the uh, streets around <laughs> Rockaby Road and surrounds. We've had some yeah. fun time. 
So yeah, it's, it's brilliant. And it's, it's very admirable that you didn't just go, Oh, woe is me. This is hard. I mean, yes, it's tough. Yeah. Very tough in business. Very, very, very tough in retail. Yeah. And hats off to you and Patty for, you know, digging in and, and also, you know, yeah. to others at that time so yeah it's obviously yeah. giving you back as well but you know yeah. great. It's it great just, that that was the only way I was going to get through it was to yeah. just try and create something yeah so. yeah no fantastic example of a business that's local and global at the same time and uh, I think that's the way people more people need to look at it so take yeah. care of take care of local and yeah. um, some of the the, the international or interstate sales help keep that going as well so it all feeds yeah. off each other it was so um, very very cool it was a really cool during the whole COVID thing because i mean so much of our communities and regulars came in and were like you know they didn't even need stuff but they were buying stuff because they <laughs> i don't even need this but i want to see you here at the end of this yes and yes that was um you know yeah very heartwarming that, that that's so cool when, you know, you've worked all these years to build these relationships and they, they come back and support you in spades. And, yep. and I, I always say to people, you know, um, if you don't build relationships, then, yeah, there's nothing to fall back on. That's right. You've got nothing really because that's, that's who send, they send other people as well. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So, yeah. no, that's, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm due some new kitchen gadgets. Um, <laughs> His birthday's coming up, Emma. Oh, that's in October. That's <laughs> I know, but I've long. got to think ahead. <laughs> no, well, I'm going to go and get something for myself. I almost bought that Denby mug today. That not that I like. The last thing I need is another mug. We've oh. got like 20, 20 mugs, but we like our mugs. That's so the thing, though, like, isn't it? Like when you're at home, or you really start. And I think people really under underestimate how much their home is their sanctuary. And um, yep. What you might Absolutely. find interesting is the, the, the trends that we saw over the, the weeks during the pandemic. So um, initially it kind of, it was coffee plungers. So for a oh, couple yeah. of days, yeah, yeah. mad panic on coffee, coffee plungers, yep. uh, stove top espressos, anything coffee related. Then that it was makes alcohol. Sense. <laughs> yeah. So we got cleaned out of wine glasses and gin glasses. And then yeah. what came next? Candles. Yep. Oh, yeah. bit of zen, bit of zen. You've got a beautiful candle range. Zen. Sensational. And then um, cookware. Yep. So everyone started, you know, everyone wanted cookware. And then as things started to ease off, everyone was kind of entertaining there to a lot of yes. So there was a lot of cutlery and dinner sets and placemats and oh, all that kind of funny. Stuff. Funny. It, it yeah. was, it was, we're just having runs on things. <laughs> so what's your <laughs> prediction for the next thing, Emma? Yeah, what's oh, going on? I next? definitely think people are still nesting. I think people are yeah. feeling a little bit tender. Mm -hmm. um, and, yeah, lots of cooking and, like, wintry, wintry yeah. foods and yep. stuff. Uh, we've just got this beautiful range of um, this black clay cookware from Colombia called La Chambre. Oh. And it, it's beautiful it keeps your food really um tender and moist because it's very porous um, okay that's been super popular wow awesome well if anyone needs to uh check out any of this fantastic stuff we'll put a link in the show notes um for 
tableculture.com.au. We'll put that link there, but you can just type in table culture and you'll, you'll find yeah. Emma's store. Anything else, Lo, before we finish up and let, uh, let Emma get back to the dog and the... Yeah. I just want to say well done and I think I, I really admire your spirit, you and Patty's spirit as well of um, keeping on, keeping on, always being innovative and changing up things and um, keep those beautiful, you know, storefronts that everyone can enjoy <laughs> Rockaby Road when we walk past as well. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for having me, guys. It's been fun. Thank you. Our pleasure. So, uh, yeah, thanks, Emma. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in to the My Livelihood podcast. We'll catch you on the next episode. Stay safe. He deserves his own podcast. Bye for now. See ya. Bye. Bye. See you soon. Bye. Bye.